Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> How lucky. How lucky we are to be here today. Happy equinox. <clears throat> I was, believe it or not, I was going to say happy solstice. But Kathy said, you idiot. It's the equinox, not the solstice. <laughs> happy equinox. Somebody sent us a uh, card uh, with a little poem of Ryokan, which said something like, uh, the moon is always wonderful, but the fall moon is the best. I think so. I, I love the fall. Also, uh, it's the last of the days of awe. That's what they call this time in the Jewish tradition, the days of awe leading up to, uh, I think it's tomorrow night, uh, Yom Kippur, last chance to plead for one more year of life. I'm hoping for that. And thanks all of you for coming to sit. It is a tremendous blessing to be able to do this together. I think more than you realize. And this morning I want to say especially hello to our Everyday Zen community members, you know who you are. It is such a joy to practice together with you as we have done for so many years. Uh, to share the silence here at Green Gulch. It always uh, warms my heart, cheers me up whenever I see you. For those of you new to the community, welcome. Thanks, Judy. We have been practicing as a community for a long time. And the uh, depth of our knowing one another and trusting one another is a treasure. So we hope that you will be inspired to join us. And all you have to do is show up and you will be a member of our community. Show up. That's all it takes. To the sitting every month, to the Dharma seminar every week. And for those of you who may be here just for today, I hope it is a good day for you and that it will bring you some joy and some peace. So we have an ongoing study in our Dharma seminar, and uh, we've been studying uh, this last month a Dogen text called Valley Sounds, Mountain Colors. And in this text, Dogen is praising the natural world as the Dharma itself, as awakening itself. And this reminds me of Suzuki Roshi's saying, the world is its own magic. 
The world is its own magic. We don't need to create some special magic or special circumstances. We don't need to go on exotic trips or undergo special extreme spiritual experiences, flying through space and seeing the truth face to face. Good stuff, don't get me wrong, but we don't need to do any of that. All we need to do is pay attention to the world just the way it really is, to our lives, to our bodies, to our minds, and to others. And that's awakening enough for us. And our practice is grounded in this everyday magic. So we, we never get bored. And we never want for more. Since what's in front of us and all around us is so profound. Of course, that's not usually how we experience our lives. Let's be honest, mostly we do feel like we want more, we want different, we need more, we need different. Maybe we're struggling. So many people just getting through the day, wishing for some other condition. And that's not a surprise. From ancient, ancient times, long before we were born, we have been experiencing this tough way of being human. This old, long habit of suffering. In, in some ways, it's very beautiful, it's poignant. We can appreciate it. But mostly it's suffering. So we, we need to realize that it's not that way. We're not the way we seem to be. The world we live in is not the way it looks to us. And as we've been reading this Dogen fascicle, uh, we've been having the overarching theme of uh, Dogen. I think the title, our title is Dogen on the Environment. But I hate to use the word environment. To me, environment is not, is not really, doesn't really say it because environment sort of makes it seem like the earth is the backdrop, you know, the stage on which the real drama of us, you know, is occurring. It's the environment for us and all of our dramas. There's no environment, you know, that we're in. We are the environment. The environment is us. The earth is us. We are the earth. This is really the truth. It's not just a metaphor. What is our body? No body, no mind, right? What is our body if it isn't the earth? You know, Adam, the first 
person, the first man, Adam, the word Adam means earth. Yes, because we are the earth. We are made up of earth elements. Everything in us is from the earth. Everything in us is of use to the earth. And when this human body stops living in time, everything that it's made of returns to the earth. We literally, you, if you did a stop time of a human life, you could see it rising up out of the earth and going back into the earth. And, and the design of this human body has been produced literally by the intelligence of the earth. Thank you, earth, who we are. And, th and this is exactly Dogen's point in the fascicle. What Buddhism means by delusion is the fiction that we stand apart from others and the great earth. And this delusion leads us to sorrow and trouble. And to awaken is to know that we are not different from the earth and all others that exist. And that awakening, that felt sense of identity, is the end of suffering. It is so simple. Just to be alive, just to appreciate every joy and every sorrow that being alive brings. And to do this with a heart of compassion for everything and everyone you meet, this is not only enough, this is, what else? <laughs> what else could there possibly be? So I'm saying these things to you this morning after you've been sitting for a little while and maybe because you've been sitting for a little while you can hear what I'm saying. But before you know it, the sitting will be over. You'll get in your car. You'll turn on the radio. <laughs> you know, you'll hear the news or whatever the radio is telling you and you'll forget about it and back to the usual. Or not, maybe not. Maybe you will, will have heard enough so that you will realize that, yes, you can change your life. You can open up a great road in your life. And I know that many of us sitting here have done this already. Always in his writing, Dogen emphasizes Zazen. And, and I am always amazed by Dogen's way of understanding Zazen. Because, uh, you know, it's very easy to say, as I have just said, our life is magic, the world is magic. We, we even can hear that and, and believe it and try our best to live as though it were so. But if that's all we did, 
I think we would probably be pretending. And it would be hard to sustain. So the question is how? How would we bring life to our life? How would we release the world's magic so that we could really love the world and one another? Feel the world, feel one another. How would we do that? Well, Dogen says, there's no way to exactly make that happen. And yet it happens. And there is something that we can do. We can do zazen. Like we're doing today. Zazen is so easy. You know, I often say it's embarrassing to have spent one's life on something to which there's so little. You know, it's like, wow, you know, I should have taken on something complicated. I could learn something, you know, and be an expert. But zazen is so simple, you know. There's nothing to it. It's not esoteric. It's not fancy. Everybody knows how to do it immediately. And really and truly, none of us does it any better than anybody else. Somebody might think, well, but yes, if you can sit there for a really, really long time, no thoughts, you are good at zazen. You've gotten really good at it. On the other hand, if you're a person who can't still, sit still for more than a few minutes, and your mind is full of busyness, planning, and thinking, and blah, 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 well, you're not so good at zazen. Well, to be sure, we are trying to sit still and not wobble around. And we are trying to be able to not get so wrapped up in our very important thoughts. But whether we do or not, whether we're quiet or not quiet, still or not still, zazen is zazen. And the only thing that matters is that we do it that we are devoted to it, and that we are here. That's the difference. So there's so many uh, passages in which Dogen uh, writes about Zazen, and I'm going to share with you this morning a very famous one that's often chanted uh, in Soto Zen temples. We don't have it in uh, our, our sutra book at Everyday Zen is very stripped down, so we don't have this in our sutra book. But San Francisco Zen Center chants this regularly. Jiju Yuzamai. Jiju Yuzamai translates as self fulfilling or self realizing samadhi. The word samadhi meaning concentration or absorption, meditation. So here's what Dogen says in Jiju Yuzamai. Now, all ancestors and all Buddhas who uphold Buddha Dharma have made it the true path of enlightenment to sit upright, practicing in the midst of self-fulfilling samadhi. Those who, in, those who attained enlightenment in India and China followed this way. And it was done so because teachers and disciples personally transmitted this excellent method as the essence of the teaching.
In the authentic tradition of our teaching, it is said that this directly transmitted, straightforward Buddha Dharma is the unsurpassable of the unsurpassable. From the first time you meet a master, without engaging in incense offering, bowing, chanting Buddha's name, repentance, or reading scriptures, you should just wholeheartedly sit and thus drop away body and mind. When even for a moment you express the Buddha's seal in the three actions by sitting upright in samadhi, the whole phenomenal world becomes the Buddha's seal. And the entire sky turns into enlightenment. Because of this, all Buddha Tathagatas, as the original source, increase their Dharma bliss and renew their magnificence in the awakening of the way. Furthermore, all beings in the ten directions and the six realms, including the three lower realms, you know, hungry ghosts, hell realms, and so on, all these beings at once obtain pure body and mind, realize the state of great emancipation, and manifest an original face. At this time, all things realize correct awakening, myriad objects partake of the Buddha body, and sitting upright under the Bodhi tree, you immediately leap beyond the boundary of awakening. At this moment, you turn the unsurpassably great Dharma wheel and expound the profound wisdom, ultimate and unconditioned. Whoa, let me stop there for a moment and we digest all that. <laughs> what Togan is saying here is so expansive, so amazing, so outrageous. You might wonder, like, has he lost it? <laughs> what? What is wrong with him? I mean, he is saying, he, he seems to be seriously saying that when you do zazen, when we do zazen together, when we come to a sit like today and we devote ourselves to zazen, all kinds of beings in all kinds of worlds immediately become Buddhas and the whole phenomenal world, you know, the clouds, the skies, the buildings, the earth, the trees, the plants, suddenly turns inside out and becomes a Buddha realm. And when this happens, the Buddhas everywhere become joyful and thrilled. All this because you signed up to come to an all-day sit, and you actually came. And you've been sitting still here, breathing, and this is what's actually going on. Can he possibly mean this? Yes, I think he really means it. Now, as we will see in a minute when we read on in the text, he is not saying 
that we are somehow going to experience this in some kind of sci-fi action movie way. He's not saying that. But he is saying that despite that we will not see it that way, or experiencing, experience it in that literal way, it really is true. Because think about it, it is certainly true that there is so much more magic going on in you and all around you than you can see. I mean, just your own human body is such an amazing process with 25,000 miles of blood, of veins in your body. I, I think that's an actual statistic. I'm often wrong about these things, but I'm pretty sure that that's an actual statistic. It seems ridiculous. 25,000 miles of veins in your body through which the blood that your heart is pumping moves as you take in the air from the earth in this little envelope of air around the earth that we have all been collectively breathing since the beginning of humanity. You take in that air and transform it into energy for the blood just as you eat food and transform that food into energy for your immense human creativity. And all around you, all the time, without ceasing, plants are growing and the sun is shining. And this whole procedure is so immense and intricate and it never stops and it's going on beyond your control and beyond your perception. And only when you stop all your efforts to do this and that, to undergo the many frustrations involved in your efforts to further your many known and unknown agendas, to churn all your many, many unwise and painful thoughts. Only when you stop doing all that and just sit down in the middle of the facts of your life do you become, you yourself, the beating heart at the center of it all. And so it is literally true that thanks to you in that moment, everyone is immediately saved and there will be another moment. The world will become immediately bright. And what is the awakening of the Buddha right here and now, if not that? It makes no difference how well 
or how poorly you think you're doing zazen. As we know from our scientific explorations, time and space are not substances. They're categories of our consciousness. So it is a literal fact that the moment of the Buddha's awakening is truly this moment, now. And the place of Buddha's awakening under the Bodhi tree is truly this place right here. So when you sit down in Zazen, you are resuming your original shape. You are becoming your truest self. And after a while of practicing, I think you feel it. Even though it makes no sense in ordinary terms, and even though I don't recommend that you explain this to your friends, <laughs> because they won't think something is wrong. Uh, it's true anyway, and you feel it. You really feel that it's so. You know it to be so. Maybe you know it right away. Maybe while I'm saying this to you, you know it. It's a little uncanny, you know, isn't it, knowing something like this? What does it mean to know this? Well, you know, you just know something. There's no reason you know it. You didn't maybe figure it out. You just know it. And because you know it, your life is different. So now I go back to the rest of Jijuyu, Zamai. Because such broad awakening resonates back to you and helps you inconceivably, you will in Zazen unmistakably drop away body and mind, cutting off the various defiled thoughts from the past and realize essential Buddha Dharma. Thus, you will raise up Buddha activity at innumerable practice places of Buddha Tathagatas everywhere, cause everyone to have the opportunity of ongoing Buddhahood and vigorously uplift the ongoing Buddha Dharma. Because earth, grass, trees, walls, tiles, and pebbles all engage in Buddha activity, those who receive the benefit of wind and water caused by them are inconceivably helped by the Buddha's guidance, splendid and unthinkable, and awaken intimately to themselves. Those who realize these water and fire benefits spread the Buddha's guidance based on original awakening. And because of this, all those who live with you and speak with you will obtain endless Buddha virtue and will unroll wisely inside and outside of the entire universe the endless, unremitting, unthinkable, unnameable Buddha Dharma. All this, however, 
does not appear within perception because it is unconstructedness in stillness. It is immediate realization. So that's the part that I referred to before. The fact that although all of this that he's saying is true, it is truer than what could be seen with the eyes or ears. You can't see it with your eyes and ears because your eyes and ears are not made that way. And yet, and this is the amazing thing, you do see it with your eyes and ears. And you, and you feel it all around you in every sight and sound and perhaps most poignantly in the face of every person you have ever and will ever meet. Unconstructedness in stillness is a kind of lovely translation, which probably is very far from the words Dogen used, but it's nice, unconstructedness in stillness. I guess it means beyond the construction of our thoughts and perceptions, deeply, deeply still, immediate, without mediation, direct, as direct as the wind on your skin. <laughs> Somebody just said to me, why is Airbnb so such and so? Little, I get these little notices on, the, on my iPad here in the middle of my Dharma talk. It's no peace anywhere, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'll get the football scores or something in a minute. So back to, this is the end of the text now. If practice and realization were two things, as it appears to an ordinary person, each could be recognized separately. But what can be met with recognition is not realization itself because realization is not reached by a deluded mind. In stillness, mind and object merge in realization and go beyond enlightenment. Nevertheless, because you are in the state of self-fulfilling samadhi, Without disturbing its quality or moving a particle, you extend Buddha's great activity, the incomparable, profound, and subtle teaching. So this is one of Dogen's most wonderful thoughts. When they describe Dogen thought, they often mention this. We all think of awakening as, as something that maybe someday we could experience and that perhaps it would come about eventually as the result of our diligent practice. But Dogen says, no, that does not make any sense. That is completely mixed up thinking because there really is no before and after. There really is no effort and no result. 
Zazen is immediate. That's what it means, immediate. There's no mediation in time and space. To practice is already to awaken. To awaken is already to practice. These are not two different things with a hierarchy in time. So he goes on, this being so, the zazen of even one person at one moment imperceptibly accords with all things and fully resonates through all time. Thus, in the past, future, and present of the limitless universe, this zazen carries on the Buddha's teaching endlessly. Every moment of zazen is equally wholeness of practice, equally wholeness of realization. This is not only practice while sitting, it's not just about sitting, it's like a hammer striking emptiness before and after. Its exquisite peel permeates everywhere. How could it be limited to just this moment? Hundreds of things all manifest original practice from the original face. It is impossible to measure. Know that even if all Buddhas of the Ten Directions, as innumerable as the sands of the Ganges, exert their strength and with the Buddha's wisdom try to measure the merit of one person's zazen. Did you get that? All these amazing numbers of Buddhas, huge numbers of Buddhas, very smart Buddhas, try to measure the zazen of you they will not be able to fully comprehend it. Well, if you take this to heart, you have a tremendous respect, you know, as I do, for every person who does zazen. Every person who does zazen is doing this. This is awesome. How do you not respect every person who does zazen? Because no one can measure the virtue of your practice. Even if you just practice for one minute, it is awesome and immense. Maybe this uh, reveals what a crazy person I am, but it often occurs to me, probably more than it should, how come there's all this, this amazing world? Why is it all just one big blank nothing, you know? But no. All the time. Here we are. Here you are. You, never before seen or heard. Totally unprecedented. And here for a shining instant in the spotlight.
gone forever. And yet, never gone. What a miracle you are. Seems that way to me. Now, uh, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I'm a practical person. And I realize that at the same time that all of this really is true, we still have the problem of surviving our human life in this pretty tough and complicated world. And there are so many problems, and they're all real. And there's nothing to do but deal with them. So these words of Dogen that I'm sharing with you today and the practice of Zazen itself is a kind of background for us a lofty and inspiring background against the foreground of our human struggles that don't go away. But having this background in our lives, devoting ourselves to it, developing it fully more and more and more as we continue to practice, is very, very important and, in fact, really does change everything because it changes our basic mindset, our basic attitude. Because now we have a way to go. We have a path. We have a way of understanding. And to be sure, the Dharma also contains lots of good ways to help us cope. Lots of very simple and ordinary, quite practical instructions for living in the world. And as we practice and continue to listen to the Dharma in all of its dimensions, we're going to hear about these practical instructions. Not today, but other times. And with the help of our Sangha friends, and our teachers, we will learn how to implement these instructions in our own lives until little by little, eventually, we'll get a handle on our problems. They won't seem so bad anymore. We'll kind of learn how to deal with them, which will enable us to become blessings for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, for our communities. We are, in fact, living in a very fortunate moment. Very lucky to have the ability to be here today, together, sitting, supporting one another. I, myself, feel unbelievably lucky. Wow, you know, how did this happen? I do not take it, or you, 
for granted. So thank you for your practice. Uh, please uh, let us all continue. <laughs>